Welcome to another episode of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It is football and random things on Cyclone Fanatic in the Carl Chevrolet studio. Right now at Carl Chevrolet, they're having their Labor Day sales event through Tuesday, September 3rd. They'll have supplier pricing for everyone on all 2019 and 2020 models with up to $13,000 off new Chevrolets and everything on the lot is sale tagged. It's a hell of a deal, isn't it, it, Jeff Woody? And it's always quality vehicles. Plus, just announced they will have no payment for 90 days on select new Chevrolet models up to 0% for 72 months for qualified buyers. That's no payments until the beginning of December and no interest on 2019 Silverado double cabs, crew cab, 1LTs, Equinox, and the tracks. Also, because they have had a great certified sales year, they need great inventory to help them restock their lots right now especially any maker model 2012 or newer with under 80,000 miles or any 2014 or newer Tahoe, Suburban, Yukon, or Escalade. So it's a win-win. If you have one of these models, they will consider purchasing it, purchasing it from you. That's at Call Chevrolet in Ankeny, Call Chevrolet of Stewart, CarlChevrolet.com, CarlChevroletStewart.com. Hello, Jeff Woody. It's, Hello. This is going to be way more of a football and way less of a random things fart. That is the hope. Was That's it, hope. Wasn't it when we were on the radio? Uh, didn't somebody come up and be like, "Hey, really like the podcast, but can you do a little bit, little bit less of the fart stuff?" <laughs> no, I thought they said they liked the. I thought they the said do a little stuff. bit less of the fart stuff. Oh, I guess I didn't. And hear. I was like, "Well, Jeff, uh, it's already become. It's already been noticed on the on the Facebook that the uh, that they're here. I'm we are a, we are in the presence of greatness. I, a man of my word. Everyone out there listening on the podcast needs to get on and watch this video and see these cleats yeah they're uh can, they're, it can took, you see it facebook it took a while to dig them out because they were in a very safe location Man, it feels like i'm holding like the holy grail <laughs> i don't know if it's quite that but there's a fun story on these i don't know if it can actually like reach but these are actually mismatched nate bulkema says how much uh not for sale not um, for sale but they uh yeah they're mismatched I don't know if you can see the, bo- the actual bottom of those. But you kind of can, yeah. Some of the, one of the cleats is a screw-in, which is usually used for, for like genuine turf. Yeah. And then one of the cleats is molded, which is for generally for field, like fake turf and the, the rubber stuff. Yeah. Um, and the reason why is because I broke one of the, like the heel ones off of the, the molded one. And I was like, since I started as a walk-on, I always feel dirty for asking for new things. And I, so I was like, ah, you know what? I... I'll deal with it and just like dealt with both of them. And then I just forgot over the course of the season. So I had mismatched cleats in 2011 for the better part of the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would, like I said, I usually would you mold it on turf and then the, the screw ins on regular grass, but these are mismatched. So that's how, you know, if you ever, if someone ever claims to have uh, claims to sell you a pair of these one, I have the only pair. It's these ones. Uh, and two is if they are the same cleat, then you know, it's a fake because they're mismatched. Yeah, you know, there's a big market out there for fake Jeff Woody cleats. You never know. People, big market out there. People, someone paid two hundred seventy-five dollars to spend time with me. I don't know what else is out there. It's just, it's a wild world. You know, I guess that's fair. It's a wild world. It's funny the like the past couple of weeks. There's been some account that keeps messaging the Cyclone Fanatic account on Instagram asking to buy it. First time they offered one hundred dollars. Buy what? To buy our account. Oh, our Instagram account. Hundred uh, bucks. $100. Man, you can buy a lot of stuff with 100 bucks. I, I obviously responded snarkily. <laughs> <laughs> I said $100 billion 
is the lowest that we will go. <laughs> or I said, uh, make it 100 billion and we'll talk. And they said, thanks for your consideration. <laughs> <laughs> and then they texted, they, they messaged us yesterday and they said $150. Ooh, and I said, you're getting a move. That's negotiation yeah, right there. And they're, I said, I said, 150 billion is as low as we will go. You're moving. <laughs> <laughs> they said, be realistic. And I was like, I was like, well, the account isn't for sale. <laughs> and realistically, I'm not going to sell it. And who would honestly want the Cyclone Fanatic tag that's not Cyclone Fanatic? Like, what? It's just someone who's really into weather. They said, be just, realistic. And I said, uh, I said, well, you, it's not for sale. <laughs> if you want us to realistically consider selling it, then I'm telling you the number it would take for us to even consider. This is, uh, this is just negotiation right now. <laughs> this is, I'm being realistic. You're being unrealistic. Yeah. What is this? The, I, it must be someone who's very concerned with weather in the Indian Ocean. That's what it is. It's, just very, it's like a, a group of people that really loves tropical storms over Sri Lanka. That's what it is. They're just fanatics about cyclones. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Well, we'll take a break. Then we'll talk about football. When we come back on Football and Random Things on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Right now at Flooring America. Save store-wide on beautiful, long-lasting floors like high-performance resista carpet and waterproof luxury vinyl. Plus, buy with 30 months interest-free financing now at Flooring America. Welcome back to Football and Random Things on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Jeff is admonishing me on my no i was i think it's just selection it's just one of those like warnings that it Uh seems pretty intuitive Uh or it's like on the back of a garden of milk it says like contains dairy like okay (laughs) i noticed that it's milk and this one it says there's almond uh, milk there's coconut milk there's it's just juice it's coconut juice I, i do love me some almond milk though but uh it says red bull is uh not recommended for someone sensitive to caffeine which is, again, did you know there's milk or there's dairy in milk? It's pretty crazy. <laughs> All right. So Iowa State won a football game, Jeff. Man, that was, uh, I, it was, so the way that I was kind of describing it to people, and I think I said this on the radio show, was it's the game will likely be uncomfortable for the first half just because it's clunk, like people are going to have to figure each other out. Like there's, you know, who becomes the predominant playmaker? Like who is the, it's third and six, who do we go to? Or even, Hey, we haven't been moving the sticks very, we haven't been getting ahead of the chains. What's you know, we're second and seven. How do we get back into like a third and two? Who's the guy that we go to? They didn't know what that is going into the game. They probably had a good idea. It was going to be Deshante Jones, but like not for sure. Uh, so I knew it was going to be, like I said, clunky for the first half. And honestly, like up until the point where the quote, the air quotes fumble, uh, that was returned for the touchdown up until that point, I still felt comfortable that they had the game in hand Mm -hmm. because the only way that you and I was advancing the ball was McIlvain doing crazy stuff and and props to him because in the first half you could very easily tell that he was not comfortable in the first half because he got tattooed two or three times and made a lot of like held the ball longer than he should have but he came back in the second half and and didn't didn't wilt and didn't try and force anything he just played a pretty solid game but up until that point I still felt comfortable but after that fumble it started becoming like okay well uh guys let's uh let's put the foot down here come on now um, but in general, aside from the things that, you know, uh, the obvious 
don't go into three overtimes with Northern Iowa. Yeah. Aside from that kind of concept, they played actually pretty well, all things considered. Where they where they faltered was they were really bad in situational football on offense. They were really good at everything on defense. Uh, they were real and they were good in kind of the open field in your non-pressure pack downs on offense. Right. I, I don't know. I, I haven't put a statistics together. I don't know if Jay has or not, but like their first down success had to be pretty high. Their third down success had to be pretty low. So they were I have the stats. That's the first down efficiency, third down efficiency. I have the third down. efficiency. Okay. So they, uh, yeah, they were, they would get ahead of the chains. They would generally speaking, they blocked, they run blocked actually pretty well. Like one of the big questions was, are they going to be able to move the ball? I think you said, you mentioned this at one point in the fourth quarter or in overtime, if you were to take this rushing total and put it in the 2008 statistics or 2018 statistics book, it would have been what, like the third highest rushing total of the season. And that last year they had David Montgomery. Mm -hmm. So they ran actually pretty well. All four running backs played pretty well. Um, Is there an update on Kinney, by the way? No, not that I know of. Okay. Um, but they, in general, like 90% of their plays were successful. And we can get in more, we can, we will get more into the weeds on how they actually did that. Um, but where they started to falter, and they only had what, like five or six penalties in the entire game on both mm-hmm. sides of the ball. Yeah. But those five or six penalties happened at absolutely critical moments. And then they made mental, their own, their few mental mistakes that they would make came at critical moments. So it's their third down, fourth down in shorts, their red zone situations. They would do something to shoot themselves in the foot. And um, that is what's great about that is that it's really correctable because those are usually one-off mistakes that you can learn from. And it's, it is hard to learn those one-off mistakes until you make them like mm-hmm. until you until that that mistake has been made you can tell you can say hey you know what don't crack back block like and granted this wasn't a red zone situation when johnny did that but it's like hey there's a new rule you're not supposed to hit i don't know the exact definition of brent actually went into the definition of what that that rule is but they're enforcing the crack back rule don't do it etc etc and you can in your head know not to do that but then until you see it in practice and you get flagged for it and go, okay, that is what not to do. And then, I mean, the, the, the Kniffle thing where his helmet popped off, I don't know how we were, we were mentioning this again on up in the, in the box. It's a, it's a, it's a good rule to have because it's a safety thing. It's like wearing a bicycle helmet, like to get a ticket for not wearing a helmet. Is it kind of dumb that someone's going to get pulled over for wearing a helmet or not wearing a bicycle helmet? Yes. And is it annoying? Yes. Is it likely going to get called or get ticketed? No. But you have to have the rule in the books and you have to enforce it at some point because if you were to go in there and somebody get, you know, he goes to push the pile, somebody from Northern Iowa pushes a pile the other way, kind of knocks somebody sideways and he gets a helmet to the forehead. He has a big old gash and a concussion now. And so like, it makes sense. And I honestly don't think it would have been called. That specific play wouldn't have been called if he didn't fall down and then get back up and re-enter the play. Like if he was in the action and just was kind of like pushing from behind the pile, his helmet popped off and he just kept pushing, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have done it, but he had an opportunity to not get back in the play. And then he did get back in the play, which again, that's instinctively super hard to do, but you need to have that rule in the books. Um, But yet like moral of the story is they played well until the critical situations 
where they didn't. And at that point is when they started to make their mistakes. But like I said, that's really good to have film on now because you can learn from, hey, this is what not to do in this situation. Want to hear a crazy stat? Yes. Iowa State had the ball for 12 minutes and three seconds of the fourth quarter. Out of 15. Yeah. Yeah. And they came away with three points? Uh, yeah, I think so. Because they had a missed field goal, then a field goal. Yes. And a missed field, miss field goal, called back touchdown, field goal. See, and that's like – the thing is about where they were in the – offensively is that even though they didn't score, you know, they didn't, weren't able to put the ball in the end zone, mm-hmm. they were – they're still moving the ball, you know, pretty right. consistently. Right. I think all but maybe one or two of their drives ended in northern Iowa territory. Mm-hmm. And – I think the one that maybe one of the ones that didn't was the one that was a fumble that shouldn't have been. Do you have a drives list on there? Like a num- how many drives they had? I'm going to guess like nine or ten total drives. Yeah, I think I should. And so either nine or maybe it's up into the 12 range, but like a total number of drives. Yeah. Um, they in those probably six of them, six or seven of them ended with a really obvious mistake. And so, I mean, there's that, again, the helmet falling off. Ten drives in regulation. Ten drives in regulation. So, and, you know, one of them ends with a helmet popping off and get a 15-yard penalty. One of them ends with a missed field goal. One of them ends with a holding call that blocks them back and they have to kick Mm -hmm. a field goal. One of them ends with um, missing, well, that was a fourth down conversion. But then you have these mistakes that, again, back you up out of where you need to be. And so they move the ball down effectively which is what Northern Iowa was giving them. I mean, they were baiting Iowa State to do exactly what they did. And if they were to clean up a couple things, so like let's, I, ifs and buts are a really weird thing to do in, in a, an analysis of something because obviously it's not what happened. But let's say Kniffle doesn't get, his helmet doesn't come off. And he, even if he falls down, he comes back and joins the play, whatever. It's first and goal from the six with a three to nothing lead. Or is it, is it three to three tie at the time? Yeah. A three-three tire, three-nothing lead. They go in and score a touchdown. The complexion of the game now changes again, even a little bit farther, because then the next drive or the next or a couple drives later, they go down and score a touchdown. So at that point, it becomes seventeen to three because Northern Iowa has was not moving the ball. They were not advancing the ball on Iowa State's defense. So they don't get that play called back. That counts as a touchdown instead of a field goal. So instead of six, or it was, it was three to zero. Um, or zero to zero at that point. Anyway, so it's seven to seven to zero. Like it's a very quick four point swing, and then again the the defense consistently was stopping Northern Iowa except for again scramble plays because that, and that's what's hard with what ifs is maybe there's a scramble play that pops it out. But if they don't shoot themselves in the foot early, it's a very quickly a 24 to three game or something like that where they don't have these fluctuations in success because they move the ball up and down as much as they wanted to. I don't know how many. Maybe they had they had no three and outs, did they? Maybe one. They had one. Well, okay, never mind. No, they didn't. They had no three and outs. Well, it, it was zero or one. I think one. And out of ten drives, they moved the ball at least a first down's length. Right. So they were doing a successful. It was successful just with mistakes. Um, and so the other thing, just general, generally and thematically, that game, the way that it happened. After leaving the stadium, my gut reaction was, this is the best thing that could have happened to a team with expectations. Because you, 
and the example is across the state just because Northern Iowa plays Iowa and Iowa State. So you and I played back in 2009, they played Iowa and Adrian Claiborne had to block two field goals in a row back to back at the end of regulation in order for them to win the game. They won 17 to 16. That year they went on to win the Orange Bowl. Um, And the reason, so that first game, it's like, oh shoot, maybe they're not as good as we thought. Right. Not necessarily. It's a lot of, even... Even the most disciplined, mentally strong, tough teams, which Campbell's Iowa State teams always are, when you get told how good you are for eight months, there's a certain expectation that you are just going to be able to figure it out. Like you're just going to, I'm going to put my full effort into this, but it's just going to, it's going to, the ball's going to bounce my way. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be able to take care of this. And I don't mean the sense of rolling your helmet out there and expecting to win, but there are certain situations that you're like, you know what? I can be 99% right. And my talent is going to take me the rest of the way. Well, that humbling of you managed you you were taken to three overtimes by a team that you're objectively more talented than but you still managed to escape with a win so you didn't get the l on the record but you got a wake-up call to say like okay that 99 percent isn't good enough because the situations where they were bad to, let's take this back to those mistakes there are situations that required a heightened level of intensity and the margin for error goes down even farther because everybody's dialed more in in the red zone and everyone's dialed more in on third down because the stakes go up and so if you're holding 99 percent successful in the open field that's fine because the it's you know, defense could be, hey, we're, you know, if we got the seven yards, whatever, we got another down. Well, in that third down, again, the stakes go up. If you're at 99%, the defense is 100%. Well, you now no longer have the capacity to execute because you're just a little bit slow or just a little bit uh, off on your decision or just a little bit wrong in something. And so that final 1% is what makes the difference between that 24 to 3 portion of the game and it being 10 to 10. So they got that wake up call early without having a like Iowa last year the uh, the Iowa 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 State game last year had they not gotten their asses whooped by Iowa's defensive line and by Iowa's offensive line they would not have been as good as they were last year right because they wouldn't have had one game film to say like hey this is what happens when you do it wrong and they wouldn't have had kind of that mental okay I actually need to work way harder than I thought yeah because this is what's going to be the result if I don't so the the capacity or that the the instance of it happening where they got themselves humbled back to earth from uh the expert the gr- huge expectations throughout the season getting into three overtimes and still escaping with a win um i think that's the best possible situation for this team um and i honestly hope they could drop out of the rankings because every every team no matter who it is does better with a chip on their shoulder i mean i would think that they probably will yeah and yeah. i i hope that they do because Hey, everyone's against you now. Yeah. They, they thought you were good. Now they think you suck. Good luck. You know, that, that it's there now. So I, I think ultimately this is a good thing for them to happen. Um, but yeah, it was uh, more than stressful on by about the middle of the fourth quarter when they were trailing. I do think, though, that it, it's easy for, for the coaches – to go in and say, okay, if we don't, like, these are the things we got to clean up. Mm-hmm. If we clean these things up, we win this game probably like 35 to nothing, mm-hmm. you know, where you, you mentioned it, the Knipfel thing, the Johnny thing. I mean, they moved the ball pretty easily mm-hmm. for a large portion of the game. And I think that's what still makes it encouraging is it's just like, it's not like where it's, you know, we're really bad here. Right. You know, it's, 
He's like, okay, we clean up this mistake, this mistake, this mistake. Mm-hmm. They're isolated, game, completely different. They're game. isolated mistakes. Yeah, and it's not it's not just where it's, you know, in the past you could watch what they're doing at times and be like, man, there's that's, just not that's there. not fixable. There's yeah, just not enough. That's there. not a, yeah. not a fixable thing, but. What, a lot of what the problems they had on Saturday, I felt like were all fixable things. They're mental mistakes. They're margin things. Well, and and the to their credit, the thing that is never in question with a Campbell Iowa State team is toughness. Yeah. There's never a question of toughness because Sheldon Crony's your big example is the dude didn't play like he was maybe one or two snaps before the end of the third quarter, mm-hmm. and then he was the offense for the fourth quarter into overtime, he was the offense. That is mental toughness to stay locked in when three guys play more snap, get, you know, 50 yards before you even get a carry. Right. And to be locked in to be able to do that, there was a, uh, the nut, the Iowa State nut cup was firmly in place. And these guys were like, I don't really care. Like we're going, we're still going to be, I, whatever we do, we are going to be fine because we're not going to let this rattle us. So they're tough. It's just, again, there's an execution attitude, little tiny details here and there. Um, like another example, and this isn't necessarily all penalties, but on the, there was a third and six. So I went and rewatched this yesterday. There's a, the, on the drive that ended up with the callback, the very last drive of regulation, the one that got called back touchdown to the field goal that got, yeah, got kicked. Yeah. The one that, the play that led to a fourth down was a Sheldon Crony run for like two yards or something like that. Um, it was third and six and they ran the ball. Granted, they were playing for four downs. But there was a five-man box. That's a good – that's a decent play call. I mean, so let's take a step back even farther. One of the reasons why I think somebody somebody told me this morning there's a stat of like Brock Purdy, the, he did not complete a pass with the ball traveling longer than 12 yards. Cool. Still threw for 260 because Northern Iowa was playing what was called a cloud defense for the majority of the time, which is what yeah. Iowa State played uh, a predominantly two years ago. When they switched to that three four, where they send three dudes way back, and they rush three or four, and they send everybody else way 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 back, and like their zones aren't like an eight to ten or a six to eight yard zone. It's like a ten to twelve yard zone for your linebackers. Every defense has a weakness. the The weakness of a cloud coverage is a test of your patience. It's is, how you beat Oklahoma. Exactly. It's we're gonna, you know, you can't. You're not gonna get a fifty yard chunk play on us. You can have seven. You can't have 50. Okay, you can have seven. It's are you comfortable taking seven, 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 three, two, seven, 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 all the way down the field? If you can be comfortable doing that and efficient doing that, that defense is extremely susceptible to that. That's how Deshante Jones, your slot receiver, had and uh, Charlie Kolar, your tight end, and then Dylan Sainer, because Sainer had two receptions. He had one. He had one. So Kolar had four. Sainer had one. Uh, Deshante had 14. And then uh, Landon Acres playing slot had one. So, so that's 20 of your t- 30 completions went to four people. Went to four people, and all of them lined up inside, and all your completions were shallow. So it's a dare of saying, like, I bet you can't take six yards all the way down the field without getting impatient. Right. It's the same thing that you, it's, a, it's what Iowa State will do with, like you were talking about with Oklahoma. It's how, like they do with what Oklahoma State or, or a team or like Baylor that wants these huge chunk plays is they get impatient. Or it's how Iowa State has railed Texas Tech on offense over and over again is because Cliff will get impatient and go, hey, you know, we're getting five, but I want 15. I want 20. And they, th- they try and throw a ball past where it needs to. So it's a dare of saying, I bet you can't take just a little bit and they'll back everybody else off. 
Okay, well, that does two things. Again, it opens up underneath passing. It also sh it lightens your box. So your defensive box now, because you're playing everybody so deep, is they'll, they brought blitzes and stuff like that. But in general, they wanted to play behind everything. They wanted to, if they were going to, if Iowa State was going to get a completion, it was going to be a five-yard completion, they tackle it in front, which is fine. But they would play back initially. So on that, coming back to that third and six, they were playing a five-man box because it's a third and six play. So they were saying, hey, I bet you're, you're, you're going to try and get all six or seven yards. So they dropped their zones back behind it, meaning five-man box. Okay, so you have quarterback one, running back two, five linemen seven versus a five-man box. Well, that seems like numbers make sense. And we did that against, like, it's Kansas. But we did, I, I remember specifically running that. Um, it was like a third and eight. And we ran into that box and we got, like, 15 yards because it's op it's super wide open was well, that in the ice bowl game no that was down it was when we beat them like 42 to 6 oh, okay. um Not it was in kansas bowl. okay but we went were it, you wearing these shoes no i wasn't i was wearing lows at the time oh. um but they it, like in that play specifically julian didn't get to the linebacker it was a, he hung on the defensive end that guy that had been kind of kicking his ass the majority of the day he was staying heavy on that guy. Well, the linebacker who's three yards behind him, because Julian didn't climb, scraped over the top, all of a sudden there's a linebacker right in Sheldon's face. He has to kind of bury it up inside. Well, if Julian just gets off that linebacker and trusts that his guard is going to climb with him and he seals that off, that's Sheldon versus a corner for six yards. It's, gonna, it's, not, it's not guaranteed to succeed. He might get tackled at five, but fourth and one is a lot more comfortable than fourth and six. Right. So a lot of times what a play call would look like is, why the hell are they doing that? Well, they got a five-man box. It, there's nobody there. Yeah. It makes sense because if you're going to throw and there's six guys back there and two more are going to drop, so you have eight men you're going to throw into, it's fine. Just run the ball. So it, it, uh, there was a lot of stuff that happened, and those mistakes, again, that 99% is if Julian climbs – success right now don't have to worry about it how do we generally feel about the play of the offensive line um i think run blocking was better than i expected uh or that was it was as good as i had hoped um which weren't like you know i wasn't hoping for the the alabama offensive line but i yeah. was hoping for just again more movement right that like when sheldon and johnny were in there and breeze kenay was just faster than everybody his his specific place. They handed him the ball and said, "Go be faster than <laughs> go, everyone." Go, all right. Uh, see that see that area of of the field where there's nobody there. And the guys that are there are skinny. So Run fast. Look at the little guys. Run fast at that one. Yeah, got it. Um, but when Johnny was in there, Johnny Sheldon and Breeze, when they were in there, they were getting that three to four yards before they were drawing contact, and they managed to because each one of those five guys averaged over four and a half yards a carry they all averaged exactly 4.3 yards per carry oh four oh, so over four so they averaged over four yards a carry that's pretty consistent well, I'll get, what, is, what are the odds that all four of them would average or all three of them would average exactly 4.3 and then Kane was like 11 or 7 or 11 or something like that seven and a half but uh and Deshante averaged three <laughs> so they had yeah but they they were getting contacted at three yards down the field 4.1 yards per carry where they're all getting like it's not like they're all having to dance in the backfield no. is, is probably pretty good for that Iowa is, State. That is pretty good. And so the the yeah. run blocking was was good. Uh, I didn't like a ton of the pass protection, but they also to to qualify this again, they ran a lot of quick game. They didn't run a lot of that five step drop back pass. When they did, it actually held up pretty well. Like the one that he overthrew to Landon, which I think to Acres, which I'm pretty sure was a deliberate throw out of bounds because he knew it was covered. Um, 
that he was protected there. The the times when they was did that have the to, one when the cheerleader made the catch. Yes. Yeah. And everybody went hype yeah. for the cheerleader. Yeah. Just props to that dude. Where his guy, his buddy picked him up and was carrying him around. And the referee was asking for the ball. Yeah. <laughs> and the finally the ball boy just tossed him a new one because the cheerleaders were so busy celebrating. Uh. Anyway. Like that on those plays where there's deliberate dropbacks, there is actually pretty decent protection. It's the yeah. quick game where quick game. It's okay to have, um, not okay. It's much more understandable that you're going to get beat because you have your main job. Isn't necessarily to stop the guy. It's to just slow him down enough that the ball's going to be gone before he would get there. Mm -hmm. So you have really, if you did, you know, a, a lot of times on a, qu a quicker pass, a, a, a three or a one step drop, you're going to take one kick step. So an offensive lineman will back up one step and then immediately throw his hands. Well, if you throw your hands on that one step and the defensive end times it right and slaps your hands out of the way, well, that's going to stop him again. You can't make it totally clean. Like you have to do a way better job on AJ Epinesa than you did on those guys. But when you, if he slots your hands out of the way, you don't really have time to recover because you're in the ground. You're, you're right. trying to form a wall right. so the quarterback can just get rid of the ball quickly. So the longer drop back passes, they did a decent job. It's that quick game where he was kind of, there's a lot that he got. Um, there's a lot of uncomfort or discomfort in the pocket. Uh, Brock stayed comfortable though. Like he was, he got hit a couple of times, but he stayed what looked very comfortable in there. And he did not fumble that. No, that their physics says you can't. Well, and then the more you watch the play, they didn't show it enough in the stadium to really be able to. I mean, I only saw it the one time, I think, on the big board. Yeah. But now that I've I watched it again on TV and watched it, and it's been all over the internet, it's like, man, I, I don't know how. Physics says that can't happen. If if the ball moves forward, like yeah. as a hand. Well, and you can blatantly see his arm going forward now. Yeah. Yeah. Like as a, if two objects are going in a direction and one object stops, that object will keep going in that same direction. So if his arm is going forward, or if the ball ends up going forward, deductive reasoning back means his arm is also going forward. Yeah. Otherwise the ball would go up or backwards. Yeah. So I don't, I just don't understand how that, ha how that happened, but it did. And they had to react to it. Can we talk about the Iowa state defense after yes. a break? Yes, we can. All right. We'll be right back. Football and random things on the Cyclone Fanatic podcast network. Gershman Mortgage, the Midwest's premier mortgage lender, is proud to be a part of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home, a vacation home, maybe you're going to upgrade or remodel that existing home, you can even refinance your current mortgage. Gershman Mortgage is here to help. With over 60 years in the mortgage industry, we have security, experience, and unmatched service. Visit our Ankeny office. Call 515-964-5952. Visit Gershman.com to get pre-approved today. Gershman Mortgage, NMS. LS number 138063, 1200 Southwest State Street, Suite E, Ankeny, Iowa, 50023, Equal Housing Lender. Check out our monthly specials at Floors Direct on carpet, hardwood, and luxury vinyl to save you even more. Bigger selection than the home centers, expert service, and always better value. Floors Direct, say yes to paying less. Hello Cyclone fanatics, it's Chris Williams and you all know that Cyclone spirit is a force to be reckoned with. I want to tell you about something today though, it's called Through the Forever True for Iowa State. It's a campaign, a historic initiative by the Iowa State University Foundation. It's to raise donations that will benefit every aspect of the university. 
Cyclones everywhere are helping to reach the unprecedented $1.5 billion goal. More than 81,000 donors have given to the campaign thus far, including over 27,000 first-time donors. So far, they have gifted more than $1.2 billion. The Cyclone energy is truly unstoppable. Now, this campaign has achieved an amazing amount of success thanks to gifts of every size and the impact it's been seen across campus from the Sukup South End Zone and the North End Zone construction to the thousands of students who receive scholarship support. You can learn more about this at ForeverTrueISU.com because the world needs more Cyclone Spirit. Welcome back to Football and Random Things. Jeff, Iowa State's defense is good. They are very good. They are good. They are very good. Um, I don't know, like, we yeah, with the statistics, I didn't go through and, and, like, tease this out, but outside of there are, I think, three scramble plays that resulted in probably at least 60 yards mm-hmm. of total offense for Northern Iowa. If you remove those scramble plays, you and I would have had, I think, 140 yards in regulation and overtime in all other downs and they rushed for what 1.1 per attempt yeah and that was including at least four or five that were five yard gains so from top to bottom i mean they're as good as we thought they were when they showed up and i they think they are who we thought they were they are who we thought they were and that was without like braxton lewis wasn't playing yeah and so they had um number seven i'm gonna forget the guy's name uh so number seven justin bickham so bickham filled in and played really well and so they had depth there. They could do hockey switches at both linebacker and uh, defensive line. Right. And swap out two guys at a time and still manage to play well. And I think the over the course of over the course of the season, I think Will McDonald will get better. He was he was, things were moving pretty quickly yeah. for him. But I also when, love that they put him in there in crunch time. In past time situations, yeah. To rush the quarterback from a defensive end position. Yeah, and he did. And he got there. Yeah. He, I mean, he was just short, which that was one of the uh, – that was a successful play because I think him and Jaquan ran into each other yeah. um, at the quarterback and McElvain popped out. But Yeah. Um, well, and then Vance got him. He Oh, pushed he, him out of bounds. Well, no, he that was in overtime, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But Well, he did tackle him. It was uh, – on the last play of the first oh, overtime. Yeah, there, there was one going. Well, there was one going into the south end zone. Yeah. That McDonald was in there, too. Prior to the second 50 yard field goal that that true freshman Man, kicker knocked in. That's some Talk st- about the cojones on that, dude. <laughs> that's some stones. Man. And then they, they iced him, too, right? Uh, they might Wasn't have. Wasn't there one? Yeah, but yeah they might anyway, have. Anyway, it was, yeah, it was impressive. Um, but yeah, the defense, I think the thing that was the most surprising, I mean, when I knew they were going to be good. Mm-hmm. But the thing that was the most surprising to me was how well the linebackers played. Yeah. Because the linebackers, there was no real weak point of this defense. And if there were to be a, quote, weak point, I would think it would be your brand new corners. But you wouldn't look at the defense and think the strength strength is your linebacking core. You'd think the strength strength is your defensive line. Well, while can, I, I, tell while, you, can I tell you Iowa State's three leading tacklers? Yep. Let me guess. Let me guess, though. So. Uh, Marcel Spears, Orion Vance, and uh, Mike Rose. You got the first one right. Marcel Spears, nine tackles, five solo, four assisted. Mike Rose, eight tackles, seven solo, one assisted. Orion Vance, eight tackles, six solo, two assisted. They accounted for all three of the team's sacks. And 
seven of the ten tackles for loss and three quarterback hurries and they and a lot of that came on spy plays um the quarterback hurries were almost exclusively on spy plays yeah it was all marcel marcel and then it put they had vance, they had vance do it a couple times too yeah um but, but that's I, how he got his i think that's how he got his tackles for loss yeah more. yeah um Marcel, I thought Marcel played really, really well. Yeah. I, I mean, all three of them, again, like, that was the most. And then when Hummel came in, they didn't miss a step. Hummel played really well, too. Uh, it's just. Hummel also added two tackles. Those, they, all, those four are going to be your predominant. And then McDonald, they'll, they'll put him in there because he's just swimming right now. It's a lot of stuff that's flying around. Um, but those guys, when you, I love uh, Campbell's quote. As he was, we were talking about Mike Rose. He was like, you know, we put him out at Sam. But then you look down, you go look up, and you go, "Damn, that guy is everywhere." Mm-hmm. He's, you want you're watching something like there needs to be a, a play that's contained, and 23 is forcing it back to the middle, or there needs to be a quarterback pressure and quarterback boots out of the pocket. 23 draws a holding call, or there needs to be a pass broken up, and he's either breaking it up or he's right there where it could have been broken up. I mean, 23 was all over the field, but I think there wasn't one standout among those three. They all just played so solid, right? Though I think the the uh, the play that that jumps out as far as like a, one of those little underrated plays that no one understands how difficult it was. There was actually a shovel pass that was uh, in one of the overtimes where it was actually you and I got Iowa State. The, the shovel. What you're trying to do with the shovel pass, you're trying to invite the defensive end to the call side. So if you're it running, was one of the plays that that Will McDonald was playing defensive end. Yes, yeah. and so you're trying to invite the defensive end up the field. It's like you're trying to you're trying to run underneath him. So if, come on, buddy, come on, buddy. Yeah, come, I, come this way. I dare you. You you can you can make it. And so they run him up the field and try and throw it where he just left. And so you seal everything else off and you pull a, a couple guards around in front of it to try and hit any trash that comes yeah, out. Yeah. Well, they got Iowa State. Everybody except Marcel Spears and then the safeties were, were in the position where Northern Iowa wanted them. And Spears, there's two pullers out in front. One of them was supposed to kick somebody out. Well, the person that was supposed to be kicked out wasn't even there. They were gone. And so there's two pullers for one linebacker before the safeties were going to get down there. And as soon as you break that, um, the, the contents of the box out, then there's a lot of space for a running back to operate in. And, and even though it was a tight end, there, it actually might have been a, a, a running back, but somebody. There's two pullers in front, um, and it was a little dump-off shovel pass. As soon as you leave the comfort of the box as a defense, there's a lot of space, which, granted, Iowa State's really good at swarming and tackling, but there's a lot more – two yards is a lot easier to come by outside of the box than it is inside. So if you can keep everything piled in there, then yeah. you're, it's much easier to tackle. So Marcel had to get in front of linemen and stop them – before they could actually create more space. Like he couldn't just get in front of a lineman and then that lineman pushes him out of the way or like hits him really hard. And again, linemen are large, Marcel's not. So Marcel played in front of both pullers, settled himself down and did what I I called a hard joint um, or a wrong, he didn't wrong shoulder. It was like a hard joint where you put your outside foot in the ground and you deliver your shoulder into that dude's sternum and you try and stop right there. He hard-jointed both pullers, knocked one the first puller back into the second to throw the second puller off, making the running back have to bounce. So him keeping his outside leg and outside arm free after hard-joining two pullers, going to make a tackle, that was an incredibly difficult play, an incredibly impressive play that he made look really easy. And then all of a sudden, by, he's at the bottom of a pile because the rest of the defense, by the time that the, the bounce happened, the rest of the defense swarmed. But if you just watch Marcel Spears on that play, I mean, that was an unbelievable, diff, unbelievably difficult play for him to make that he just 
did. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't anything f- for him out of the ordinary. That defense is really, really salty all the way up and down. And I don't really know if you were to find one maybe knock is number two at corner needs to play a little more physical and stopping anything to his side. Mm-hmm. But that's nitpicky now. Like, he played it well. It's just like when you have a B on your report card and all the rest are A pluses, that B kind of sticks out. Yeah. So if he's – I think that's the – the there's obviously – Haycock's going to find a bunch to improve upon. But – I like seeing numbers like this. The top five tacklers on the team are nine, eight, 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 eight. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's not one just, guy that's running around. Yeah, it's not just like Joel Laney's getting 20 tackles. And there's also it's not a lot of safeties. Yeah, that are well, making. I mean, they're, they're not, your first, your top three tacklers are linebackers. Top three are linebackers, and then your and then the next two are Eisworth and Lawrence. Yeah, but still, your top three tackle you should your leading tackler should be your linebackers, not your safeties. Yeah, even though Iowa State's defense floats around and they'll bring got you know they'll bring Eisworth up in the box, um, but man, they were good. And Ray, you're not you cannot run the ball against a defense when Ray is playing like he did on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, he, you just can't move him. No. You, and it, I, I don't know if you guys – if you if you are going to go back and rewatch this, if you have time. Um, then just, you watch the play where any they, – they don't try to double team any, and, and just, you put a hand on each guy and just, like, stop them both. It's, it's like, so, no. Watch – any is so much fun to watch. Like, yeah. ba- Bailey's more of a true pass rusher. He's a good – again, they're all really, really good. Yeah. Ray is more of a true run stopper. Bailey is more of a pass rusher, and Enny's a little bit of both. I imagine when Enny's football career is over, he could make a lot of money as a bouncer. Oh, he could. He, he, he's going to be able to, like, like picking like, people up by the back of their or shirts like, or and like, holding them up like or, this. Or, like, Permar security at a concert. It's yeah, like, hey, you yeah. know what? You're not rushing the stage, no matter how big it is. But, like, if just watch. Put your eyes on number five and watch him during the whole play because they'll send – he's both long – but he's also very like he's hard to get a hold of like mm-hmm. his arms he has so much length so if he gets you extended you're not going to get into his body but like even if he does if someone does get into his chest he'll like snake through yeah and still somehow pop out on the other side he's uh he's really fun to watch and again i think he's over the course of the season he's gonna be the reason why jaquan gets a lot of sacks because as they watch him yeah they're going to need to send two guys to him because there's no way that you can just keep him contained with one. I need to say, I thought it was fitting that number 19 was one of the jerseys that we got. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when I saw that, and I, well, once I saw him in the frames it, I mean, up there, I was like, oh my gosh. 19. That's exactly what we needed for, for the podcast. 19. It's number three now. He's Jaquan Bailey. He is number three. But well, yeah, he is Jaquan Bailey. Jaquan but it just, Bailey. it fit when I was like, oh, number 19. That's what I wanted to see. Uh, all right. Did you watch any other football? I'm sure you did. I did. Um, did you watch Oklahoma last I night? I watched OU. The games that I sat down and actually – Did like, you watch uh, the replay of the Kansas game? I didn't. I did not. The games that I actually sat down to watch were Iowa mm-hmm. and OU. Just, I wanted to see what Iowa looked like Yeah. so I can have like something to say. How should we, how should we feel? Um, their offense is better than I thought. Their defense is not as good as I thought. But did granted, you, did you cry when you saw the uh, the prodigal son re- return home and with all and of score a touchdown on his first I career was, catch? And I thought that was cool. Did you cry? No, you cried, didn't you, Jeff? I didn't. You you did. I you absolutely cried. did not. Because you're a hawk, Hawkeye Jeff. 
get out. <laughs> um, so objectively, the thing that Iowa is better at this year than they were last year is they now have at least. So I don't. Smith Marset is number six. He is. Uh, he's okay. He's a fine wide receiver. Number twelve. Actually, they have a threat now. I think his last name is also Smith, but it's not high. Brandon Smith. Brandon Smith. Yeah. So he is, I think, their best receiving threat. Um, dude can jump. He's a uh, he. It was noted on the television broadcast. He was a state champion high jumper. Yeah, he boy can jump. And so they have threats at wide receiver, which makes their play action game a lot stronger because you can play action to a tight end. And granted, they had Fant and Hawkins and they could throw out at wide receiver and play them like a wide receiver. Yeah. But now they actually have true wideouts they can throw to. But where the strength of this offense is going to be is in that physical, just the FU running game that Iowa likes to run. And their offense is better this year than it was last year. Um, but they're, like I said, their defense, it's still pretty questionable. I mean, Epinesa is still really good and you're going to have to game plan for him. But there's not a lot of other guys in that defense, at least again, in week one, which... It, there's a lot of film to improve upon. There's a lot of film to improve upon. So in that w- the small sample size, you're going to... Who do they play this week? Uh, Rutgers. That's right. Oh. Rutgers threw all over the field this week. Did you see that? I didn't. That's If they do that, then they're, they might get some success against Iowa because their secondary is not that good. On their way to a 48-21 win over the UMass Minutemen. The former fight in Calipari's. Yes, and back in the 90s. Yeah. yeah. But um, that was in, on the basketball court. I don't know what you're talking about. He, he coached football, too. Okay. Yeah, keep going. But they you can game plan for 94 and the rest of the defense isn't quite good enough to take over the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So it's 94 and a bunch of guys that are pretty good. And uh that they're going to have to take steps forward in order to compete with what they want to for the rest of the conference. Um and I think for Iowa State, the obvious question is how does that stack up? If it's just him versus Julian, that's not a good matchup for Iowa State. But you also have three tight ends that are all capable blockers and capable pass catchers that you can put Charlie Kolar out as a wide receiver on the left and put Saner as your H-back that can float back and forth. And if they trade 94 to one side or the other, you can just motion 89 to the side that he's at and give whatever the tackle is help. Or you can bring Kolar in and you can put two tight ends and a tackle on him while you go somewhere else. Um, so they're going to have to game plan for him, but didn't look like there's a lot else that was going to be the problem. So I think these two teams, the strength that one has is the, the strength of the other mm-hmm. now, where Iowa wants to run the ball. Iowa State's really good at not letting you run the ball. Iowa State likes to throw underneath to get rid of the ball pretty quickly. Well, that's not necessarily escaping. They're going to they're gonna need to get a little more time to get the secondary more spread apart because that's where Iowa's weakness is going to be. There's probably going to be more down-the-field shots and be a lot of cover two shots. Um, and then, like I said, on the other side of it is they uh, with the Iowa, Iowa State defense versus the Iowa offense, there's uh, if you can stop the run and make them have to throw, I think there's you're in a, a good situation because I don't know if Stanley likes to do that. So you don't feel that discouraged? No, not really at all. Okay. Um, like I said, their offense is better. You hear that Facebook Live? Everybody was talking earlier about how they were discouraged. They're guys. They're fine. This again. Look at take those isolated plays out where there were mistakes for Iowa State, and overall they played really well. I mean, not really well. They played pretty well, especially all things considered first game. Hey, they won the game. And now they have two weeks of film to watch. And then the other thing with Oklahoma, that I watched with Oklahoma. Um, uh, hey. OU's OU. Hey, Jalen Hurts is good. Shocking. Oklahoma has a really good quarterback. Um, 
Lincoln Riley's a good coach. He's a damn good coach at the offense. Their defense is still shoddy. They, their defense was flying around early on in the game, and then it was like by the second half, I was like, man, these guys ain't any better than no. they, what they were. They're, they, they might. Houston, I think Houston just sucks, dude. Like, they just were not impressive to me at all. The quarterback can run around a little bit, but that's about it. Well, and, and, it's, and then it's, in the second half, their entire offense was, I'm going to throw the football as far as I possibly can. And game one with Holgerson's new offense, so they did not only were they probably less talented than they have been years past, they just have that they don't know what they're doing yet. They're yeah. they're learning a new thing. So, um, yeah, OU, it's going to be more of the same um, The uh, as far as their offense is going to score 50 points a game, but their defense is going to give up 46 like they're better than they were last year, but it's yeah. really easy. That was a low bar. That's a low bar to clear being better than last year's OU defense, but there's still a lot of problems on that defense. Um, and I think the, uh, they have an attitude that's different. I think they, they seem like they're a little bit more physical, but also towards the end of the game, I don't know if you saw like they would be like chirping at each other. Mm-hmm. And they'd be chirping at the the Houston team, which attitude wise, fine. Like you want to you want to chirp, go for it. But if you're gonna chirp, don't have missed assignments. Well, there was a I thought it was funny. There was a play where Houston tried to run a quarterback draw or something like that right down by the goal line, and they stacked him up. And then one of Oklahoma's defensive players, instead of helping get him to the ground, he was talking to the quarterback while everybody else is trying to get him on the ground. The next play threw a touchdown, and that and I was like, man, I don't know if that's like the best idea. No, Just it's, maybe. Maybe just get him on the ground, and, you know? And the thing with a, a, a personality swirl like that is, to me, especially when you have the history of a lack of success like they've had on defense. Yeah. When you have this, this a chirpy confidence, like one of the – a phrase that I heard somebody – his name is uh, Matt Frazier. He's like a – he's a four-time world champion in CrossFit. And one of the things that he said is, uh, if you have something worth bragging about, you don't have to. And so that kind of, like, confidence – is I if you were to watch Clemson's defense when they were playing, they'll talk a little bit, but they're not going to be like getting up at the end of the play, like getting in someone's face to talk trash to them before they, they come back off. I feel like they don't feel the need to because they're like, we're so much better than you. Why would I talk to you? Exactly. Like if you have something worth bragging about, you don't need to. Yeah. And Oklahoma is like trying to talk themselves into being good. Well, at some point that confidence is going to get rattled and that chirpiness then becomes at your own guys. Mm-hmm. And then, Hey, where the hell were you? There was, you're supposed to carry number three when he runs vertical. Why didn't you carry number three, man? I thought you were going to take him. You're stupid. Like th- then it starts to become like chippy. Yeah. And as soon as that happens, it's a really quick swirl down the toilet well and that's why i think late in the game when they've clearly won the game and you see or and they they give an anecdote on the on the tell or on the broadcast that alex grinch is over there telling them to stop saying you guys haven't played well enough to yeah, be doing all well this stuff to tra- talk trash yeah, yeah you haven't been doing playing well enough to do all this kind of stuff he's like just finish the game yeah and i think they went out and gave up another touchdown right yeah, after that and it's uh they're, the offenses in this league are way too good for you to have that kind of uh, missed assignment but be athletic and make up for it. You're not going to be able to make up for it against Texas. You're not going to be able to make up for it against Oklahoma State. You're not going to be able to make up for it against Iowa State. You're not going to be able to do that throughout the season. So, I don't know. Oklahoma seems like it's going to be a repeat of the past couple years where it's going to be a freaking shootout where you need to – in order to beat OU, you're going to have to score 38-plus. Yeah. And but if you can get to 38, you might be able, you could win. Uh, 
because or it is possible to get to 38 because that defense isn't as good as what their first half showed. Well, and the other thing is, is we've seen it with Iowa State and Oklahoma where like even when they had Kyler last year, if it wasn't for Kyler just being really stupid good, mm-hmm. like Iowa State probably has a chance to win that game. Mm-hmm. I, I know that Jalen Hurts is a good player. I don't trust that he's as good as Kyler Murray. No. He's, it's a different offense. Different offense. It's totally different. It is, it's run first, run second, throw third. And yeah. ment- mentally, as far as what the, the play calling is. Yeah. Um, and it is, they, they have a defensive end that's playing quarterback. I mean, more, not literally. You can obviously throw the ball. He's athletic and he run. But he's, what, 6'3", 225? Yeah. He's a big dude. And so they're going to treat him like Auburn did with Cam Newton back in the day where he has a pretty big arm. It's just not as accurate as Kyler was. And that's Kyler and Baker. It's, it's not as – there's not the surgical precision that they had with the last two quarterbacks that they've had. Right. But they have a bigger dude that they can be physical with the running back. They can be physical, bring extra tight ends in. And their quarterback can be a running back and get seven yards on first down yeah. to set themselves up for a comfortable second and three, which is where you can start taking your shots. So the offense is going to be a lot different. It's going to be a lot – It's it, it's always been run first, but it's been very, very balanced in the past where eventually they might work to balance. But to get Jalen Hurts comfortable with this whole offense, it's going to be really run heavy, yeah. 60-40 at least as far as that offensive or that, that OU offense as far as what their play calls are going to be. Um, but, man, their, their offense looked really good. And at the end of the day, the last time we saw this Houston team, they were giving up 70 points to Army. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that this is the best judge of whether or not Oklahoma is on – ridiculous level again yeah like when they when they ran the ball and they were trying to out tough houston i think army proved it's not that hard to out tough houston true so this is and another thing that like as you listen to everyone talk and granted you're listening if you made it to this point you've listened to us talk we have 70 people on this watching right now thanks guys um they wanted to see the shoes that's what it is yeah not for us um but week one if teams don't look different from week one to week two or week one to week five, if they don't look drastically different, that's a bad team. So some of the teams may have looked fantastic in week number one. So, so you're telling me when Kansas comes out and puts up 60 next week? They've, hey, Les has got them moving in the right direction. How does he eat the grass if it's turf? I don't think he can. Just, I don't know. Maybe they'll cover that on their show this week. Like swallow the, like just take some rubber pellets and just like swallow yeah, them like yeah. they're. Seems toxic. It's probably not healthy. It's a lot of snot on those. That would be like, that would not be smooth. I would imagine you'd be able to see those on the way out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Too. They'd be just like floating around <laughs> in the toilet. <laughs> it's like little black chunks of corn. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. I think that's enough. I think we're good for this week. Time's a flat circle. You can talk football as long as you want, but there's going to be a poop joke somewhere in here. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will uh, we'll talk to you guys again next week. What are we going to talk about next week? Uh, previewing the rest of the season, talk about other schools, what they did. Texas LSU is this weekend. It is this weekend. Is that going to be your, your game of the week? That's the, that's the one you want to watch. Not Iowa Rutgers? Nope. Not Nebraska, Colorado? I'd be, I mean, that'd be fun if it was 1994. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you for bringing the shoes. Every win. So they, they can't come back next week? Every win. They'll come back in. Nope, ne- not next week. They didn't win. We can't win the bye week? Nope. Didn't lose. We didn't win. Got to earn them. Got to earn them. <laughs>
<laughs> these guys who have no idea that we're even doing this podcast <laughs> have to earn them for us. <laughs> Fans need to cheer hard. All right. Talk to you guys again soon. Peace.